forever. Dog. Hey, bitch. What is your whole deal? Hey, bitch. Just tell us how you feel. You wished for a sign from above. Well, here's a podcast about boy sex, fucking, dating, and love. Seek treatment. If you're boring as fun, seek treatment. If you're unlucky in love, seek treatment. If you just can't take a hint, well, seek treatment. With Kat and Pat. Hey. Hey. It's Kat. And Pat. And this is Seek Treatment, treatment. a podcast about boys, Boys, sex, sex, fucking, dating, dating and and love. love. Today, we are honored to be joined by my, my mentor, my New York grandma, an amazing woman who has given me so much in this life. She is so wise, so funny, so wonderful. Put your ears open for Marla Kerbin. Hey. Hi, Marla. How are you, girly? Hi. Oh, what a great introduction. I'm all for Clint. <laughs> we should, um, do you want to tell people how we met? Um, you were my student. You came yeah, so in and you were my, my voiceover student. And Marla teaches voiceover. And that's how we met. And then you were, you know, magnificent, as you always mm. are. Magnificent. And uh, you were my shining star. And, Marla, uh, oh, my God. Do you and, take a lot of voiceover students on as mentees afterwards? No. Wow. Well, <laughs> wow. Know, well you know, Catherine is really, I have lovely students and everything. Catherine is so special. But Catherine also has um, brought me a lot of people have come to me because of Catherine. Either oh, no talking about me or writing something. But, and she has, you know, Catherine has such a great following. And everybody is just, uh, they want to be like Catherine, I guess. It's awesome. Mm-hmm. Well, you you gave me so much because I um, wouldn't be able to do any of this comedy stuff if I didn't have any money saved. And the only reason I have any money is from my voiceover jobs. Yeah, well, I'm going to tell you, you're you're really good because it's a hard time out there, but you're really making things happen. And I really love that. You're amazing. Thank you. I haven't done, I hadn't done a job in a long time, but just um, this past week I did a demo um, and I was able to set up my little home rec- recording studio. And for the first time, it was the first time I did a job um, at home that they're going to actually use. So I was glad I could figure it out. Oh, good. Because that's how everybody's doing that now. It's really, it's kind of stressful to be like the engineer and trying to make it sound good. But I hope, I think they were happy with the results. Yeah, you got to get to learn how, yeah, most people, voiceover is still going on because most people have home studios this day and age all we have is our voices i know i can't tell them i i want to have a big fancy home studio me too well one one step at a time okay hey (laughs) seriously seriously one day you don't need a fancy home studio no one's gonna see it right now right that's true actually you could actually be in a closet with uh you know with a schmata over your head and do it. <laughs> well Catherine, that's how you used to do it right that's how you recorded yeah. our, that's how you recorded our now famous um theme song was in your closet of your crown heights apartment that's yeah. true I, I i wrote the theme song for this and i recorded it in my um in my, i shared with my ex wait so marla tell us how you got into voiceover 
how did I get into voice? I've done so many things. I know, paint us a picture of your life. It's so fascinating. Truly, how, how long have you been in New York? I've been, uh, well, I was in New York. Uh, I, I, okay. I grew <laughs> up in Connecticut. I went to college. I went to Emerson College in Boston. Then I came, um, then I came back to Connecticut and I was married at 20. Oh my and, God. Uh, I had children and I did the whole suburban thing. I, I had two kids and, um, I did this whole thing, carpooling and belonging to like a country club thing. And I did a whole thing. And then I just, then I got divorced, skipped to, I got divorced. And then I moved, the kids grew up. I moved to Connecticut. I moved out of Connecticut to New York. Oh, in Connecticut though, I was a, I was a school teacher. I taught high school when I was younger. I also owned a roller rink. Oh my god! <laughs> oh my god! It was called Stratford Roller Park, and we had like disco on Saturday nights, like five hundred people, a thousand people in there, and that was disco night. And Friday night was rock and roll night, and we had Grandmaster Flash, which was this—I don't know who they are, <laughs> but they were there the, the in the middle of the disco floor. Was it kids? Was it teens doing roller teens. disco? Cool. Teens. And were you like the high school teacher that everyone was like, um, she's got a roller, she's got a roller disco on the weekends? No, we when her. I did, when I taught, I was there, I was young teaching. I actually taught high school and high school Shakespeare and stuff like that. But I was really, I was like 20, 21 teaching oh my God. high school. And so the kids were younger and the girls were bitches. And they, just, <laughs> they, were, and they threw me down the stairs. It what? wasn't a very, no, it was a rough, it was a rough place. I taught. Oh Connecticut? Connecticut. Was a rough, there was a little rough patch in Connecticut. Oh my God. And then wait, how, um, how old were you when you had your kids? I was, um. I was 23 when I had my daughter and uh, 25 when I had Michael. And so why, son, um, Michael. how did you meet your husband and how did you guys fall in love and decide to get married? Well, uh, okay. So falling in love was a whole other thing. You know, it's my parents met him at a wedding mm. and thought like he'd be perfect for me. You know, there was, it was a different time. It was almost like it was like a, a match that was made from uh, my parents, but he was, you know, he was, um, he was sweet and he was good looking and he was a great dancer. And uh, so, um, and so that was a clue that down the road, you know, he would find <laughs> another path. <laughs> so to speak. You know, so, so, you know, but he, <laughs> because all like my hairdressers would look twice at him. I mean, there were so many signs and I was just a little oblivious to everything. Wait, so at the time. oh my goodness. I don't know this story. Well, well, anyways, the story is I was married and then I got divorced and that was all. That was when all. did you, um, did he ever, what happened with him? Well, then he married uh, someone. Oh, God. Then he married again. Well, he's not talking to me now. So oh, I no. Guess I Why? 
I'm not getting into anything like that, but that's okay. all right. Okay. That's okay. But he got married again, and then then he now he's he's out. I guess. There we go. So then, um, so then, when did you, when your kids grew up, then you moved to New York City, and what were you doing then? Wait, that's oh, New so York. Cheap. I was I was a buyer for uh, I was a shoe buyer. <laughs> I was a shoe buyer at Ga uh, Gallery Lafayette in the shoe department, which was in Trump Tower. Oh my God! I was assistant buyer. My friend Bill was the buyer. Wait, what does that mean? You like looked at all the designers and you were like, "I want this one." I yeah, want yeah, yeah. Before that, I was a, a clothing buyer uh, in Connecticut, New Haven, at a place called Kramer's. It was amazing. That was amazing because you can get with clothes too. You get a chance to go in and and go into new york and see the whole line and did you, you know, know did you know you wanted to come back to did you want you want to move to new york when your kids grew up i wanted to move to new york when i was 10. Yeah. Uh -huh. I, I was in stratford connecticut i would like have the window open in my bedroom and look out the window and listen to the train and say when can i go mm -hmm. you know, yeah I to be in new york that was me with Stop the world i want to get on because I grew up on Long Island, it was the same deal. It was like, get me there. Um, wait, but what's I going to ask? Are you fashion? But did you always like have the latest fashion? Yes, and I had like, I was a big shoe person because I just, I, I was, I had a boyfriend who was a shoe designer. And so I was always into uh, uh, shoes and high heels. And that's why I can't basically walk now. <laughs> I used to wear these high, 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 high heels and leopard shoes. And I had so many shoes. And now you know what I have? I have three friggin' pairs of sneakers. Oh my gosh. <laughs> but it was worth it probably. I think heels are like, when a heel is so high and so skinny that it's literally like athletically impressive that someone can walk in it. I think that's so cool. And you know what I, I when I see young gals in those now i look and go like oh you're gonna be you're gonna be a mess later just enjoy <laughs> you've got some corns coming your way yes absolutely um marla what was it like um what was it like dating after you got divorced um well there were a couple different uh times like when i first got divorced the kids were rather young and anybody that came to the house uh, this my son would then throw all I had a little pool in the backyard and uh, in East in Connecticut and my son would just take uh, uh, the t the pool chairs and everything and throw it in the oh my gosh because they were you know he wanted to say basically don't get anywhere near my mother okay mm. so that was a little bit of a difficult time but uh, then when they grew up and I moved uh, to New York, um, you know, I had, I made up for lost time, I guess you would say. Really? <laughs> yeah, I think so. That's I, incredible. Uh, and then I moved to LA. And oh. then I lived in LA and I had a home in the, in the Holly, I had a home in, um, at Beverly Hills, a little cottage there uh, off of Sunset, and and I was a voiceover. I was in the voiceover department at ICM in Los Angeles. Wait, so how did how did you get there from shoes? Um, I uh, 
Well, the first, well, uh, how did I do that? Oh, in New York, in New York, in between, while I was doing shoes, a friend of mine was a casting person in New York. And he said, I knew him from college. He said, Marla, I'm swamped with voiceover work. Could you do me a favor? I said, what do you want me to do? He said, I'm doing a Mercedes spot for voiceover. And all I want you to do is just push the button for record. And these people are going to come in and you just tape them, just tape them. And at that time, it was like, you know, you're recording people on tape and all this stuff. And it's like, that's it. That's all I'm supposed to do. I said, okay. And then people came in like, um, you know, there was like, uh, I forgot. Oh, and, you know, people like Sam Waterston. I mean, at that time, there were like actors that were really awesome and, uh, and amazing. And, and the first one that came in was, I forgot who it was, but it was quite significant actor, theater, Broadway, um, movies, and it was a Mercedes spot. And all I'm supposed to do, all I was supposed to do is just push a button and have him do what he was supposed to do and then say, thank you. But I pushed the button. He did the read and I didn't think it was that great. So what, I don't know, <laughs> I, just, so I, I just like had such a chutzpah, nerve, and I just stopped it and I said, can you, you know, can you, uh, can you do it again? And gave him some direction and he seemed pretty appreciative. And I was really kind of like in an out of body experience because I don't know what the heck I was saying and why I was saying it. <laughs> you know, why do I know this? I don't know. You're a shoe buyer. At that uh, point. Yeah, what do I know? I'm a shoe buyer, <laughs> roller skate person. You know, I mean, what, what do I know? I can buy clothes for a store. <laughs> what is this? So I realized, you know, that I was really good at that. I'm so not good at that. I could direct people. That's what. I, that's it. I, I was able to direct him, and he appreciated. It and I thought, well, this is something. And then I went back to teaching shoes, and then I moved to LA. And uh, I lived in LA, I knew no one, and I worked in different places there too, because I went without a job. I just left, and I didn't know anyone, and I lived at the Sportsman's Lodge, I don't know if it's still there anymore, in Sunset, and I used to, I lived there and just drove a car down to the beach and back. And Wait, Why did you go there, just because you wanted to? Oh, I had a boyfriend. The shoe guy broke up with me and I was uh, devastated. So I had to go somewhere. Uh-huh. You know, there's always, sometimes moves happen, you know? Yeah. Sometimes you move places and you move just to get away, but you realize it's wonderful to look back and go, geez, if I didn't do that, then this wouldn't have happened. Yeah. You know, you puzzle your life is like when people freak out, when younger people freak out about like their life and like trying to map it out and this is what they want to happen at a certain time, you know, the universe has other things planned and you have to like go with your gut sometimes. And I moved to LA and I was lost and then I was found. I mean, at ICM, I ended up there because I was subbing somewhere else. I said yes to everything. Mm. So I ended up, in a voiceover department and I was there directing people and it was like so um awesome 
And uh, I, I oh. have so many friends and I learned so much. And then I moved back here in 1998. Oh my God. And I've lived in my home since then. The West Village. Mm-hmm. Do you love it there? Is it heaven? I love it. Um, you have the best spot. I love your apartment. I went to your apartment one time. You I were there. Never. Yeah, when me and Catherine first ever did the hey, we yeah. invented that at your apartment because we were. Wow, well, we really did invent that. Because we were recording a um, audition for a web platform that I thought remember. we were too quirky. You were too yeah, quirky. because they said we were too um, alternative or, or too gay or something. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and, and Catherine was like, "I'm straight." And I, I was like, "I'm that. straight." And um, yeah, and then Marla, what about um, and then what happened with your love life as the years? Were you when? How many times have you really been in love? Um. Twice. Mm. Mm. How do you know? Uh, but 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 no, I just because I remember them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's so many that I don't <laughs> That's really funny. There are so many that I don't. I mean, you know, I I uh, I I felt, you know, uh, how you know, I to me sex at that time for me I was like had more of a male energy yes queen so that it was like a sport right so (laughs) uh, I was like and I'm not good in sports but this was one sport I really enjoyed (laughs) (laughs) and so I you know I found myself uh enjoying myself because I was really you know when I got married uh, I was I was a virgin when I met my husband, so wow. I met, so it was an, another time. So I made up for lost time, I guess. <laughs> That's well, you, right. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. Was it? Um, were you excited to start dating again after your marriage? Uh, yeah, because I was at that time. I was maybe in my mid thirties. So Which is I was like, married. I was married for fourteen years. That's so crazy. Like thirty-three, thirty-four. I just. I was a baby. Yeah, I'm thirty-one. I got plus. Married. I was a I'm, baby. You're thirty-one. I'm thirty-one. I can't imagine having been married for eleven years and having <laughs> kids. Uh, Catherine, what if I? Catherine, what if I'd been married for eleven years and had two kids? To a woman. To a woman event. To Marla. I'd love that. I would stand that. Yeah. You guys should get married. <laughs> married you guys should get married. If you were married to me, you'd still be married to me. <laughs> That's right. You would have found a way to make it work. <laughs> because um, it's, you know. It's fun. It's, uh, it's fun. Yes. <sighs> yes. Do we have kids? Huh? I was going to say, should I have kids? Um, yes. Okay. Should I? Yes. Yes. Should I adopt? You know, yes. Is it hard to adopt? I don't understand why. In the book I'm reading, they're making it seem like it's so hard to find a kid to adopt. But I feel like um, I feel like there's literally so many. Well, my friend Jeff, this is this goes back twenty years. 
21. I think Joe is now uh, in Boston. My, my old boss, Jeff, I went with him. I went as, this is 20 some odd years ago. He wanted to have a baby. Mm-hmm. Okay. And uh, at that time, you know, it's, that's a long time ago and that wasn't happening so readily. So yeah. I went as his beard oh and God. we went to Vietnam. And so we went and I went with him and we went to Vietnam and he got oh a baby. God. Oh my God. Oh my God. A baby. So, wait, so you were, you were posing as his like wife to the Vietnamese people? Yes. To, the, to, the, to Vietnam at large. Oh my at gosh. And uh, Ho, Ho Chi Minh City. Yes. Oh my gosh. That's so, it. All right. So that's my, so worst comes to worst, I'm going to bring you to Vietnam and we're going to go to an orphanage. I would absolutely go with you. Okay, oh, wait, cool. and now how old wait, is Wait, son? wait, I'll tell you even better. My, my daughter, who at that time was uh, engaged to a documentary, they're married now. They went too, and they filmed it, and HBO bought it. Oh my God! And okay. it was it was called, um, you know, um, I'm having a baby. That's I'm what look it, was. it up. And see if it's still around. I don't know, but it was a whole story because my my friend Jeff was quite a personality. And so I'm gonna um, reboot it and write a scripted version for HBO streaming, and Jeff <laughs> and we're gonna buy it out from Jeff. We're all gonna get very very rich from this. <laughs> oh my god i'll go with you yeah that would be how old met him. you'd have to film that we will i think i did i meet him at your famous birthday brunch? oh yeah he spoke oh yeah marla you know we have um we're both scorpios i think because our birthdays are on the same time i'm a libra though i'm, tw- I'm 29 degrees late when's your birthday pat halloween Halloween, you're a Scorpio. When is yours? I'm on the cusp. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I remember one time we had a birthday brunch the same day. Yes, because because I had my party a week or so late. I had my uh-huh. party. And I, was, and I was a little early. Yes. Your party was so fun. You were you made it fun, Catherine. No. Yes, that was like the highlight as far as I was concerned. Oh my god. I sang at Marla's um B-Day brunch. Yeah, that place is closed now for good. I know, end of an era. There's an end of a lot of eras, I think. Wait, so what, what era is favorite this? Favorite spot. What era is this the end of? Uh, this is just the end of, uh, I, think we're, I think everything right now is going to, when this, when this passes through like a tsunami, uh, whenever that is going to be, I think things are going to be forever changed. Yeah. How so? Well, I was here 9-11, right? So I was here during that. And, um, but this is, people, I think this is going to be in the, well, this definitely is going to be in the history books. This is like the Spanish flu, something, you want to write down and journal this. and, and Yeah. Read time because I feel like this is history we're living in it so we see it a little apart from that but the art is going to change everything art everything everything is going to be so different what I want to know is how do you date yeah I know how do you meet someone 
now in this time and when this passes are you still going to feel comfortable with hugging someone you just met or shaking their hands or touching them in any way are you still going to have a little bit of um a lot of uh anxiety around all that yeah it's so crazy i i feel so lucky to be in a relationship right now because I feel like people are going to get really lonely. There's no way to hang out. Yeah. Right. Well, I don't that. know. Are people like, I saw something on Twitter that people were like going on, setting up phone dates and stuff to like try and meet people during this time. Yeah. But what do you oh. talk about? What do you really talk about other than this time? That sounds like absolute I know. Hell. a phone date with someone you've never met. Sounds <laughs> a, a deep, deep circle of hell to borrow. Marla, when do you think this is going to end? Um, uh, I think this, I think maybe, I'm going to say maybe this summer, but I'm not saying, well, don't panic, but don't panic, take a deep breath. I don't really I actually, I'm, I'm kind of handling this surprisingly well. Yeah, you are. And well, I'm you're, in the Berkshire, you're in the Berkshires. Yeah, you're you in the Berkshires. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, to, I'm, I'm in hell here in the middle yeah. of it. No. And, and I'm in Bushwick. Marla's yeah. in hell, I'm in Bushwick. <laughs> and I'm having people, do you have people, I have people that I haven't talked to in a million years. They're texting me, I miss you, are you safe? And yeah, I get, yeah. I get pissed off and I want to say, just fashion your seatbelts, it's coming to you. <laughs> you know, yeah. really. I get very defensive yeah. about singling us out as the hot spot. Totally. Right. Well, Rhode, Rhode I don't want to be the hot spot. I don't really want to be this hot spot. Absolutely. No. no. Are you, do you have someone delivering you food and stuff and all that? Uh, well, Julia, God bless Julia. She still comes here on her bicycle with her, with her plastic gloves on. So she's here. Who's Julia? Okay. She works for me, and she's my she's she's my everything here. Cool. Running so much stuff, and then I have Prenta here. I love Prenta. And Prenta, I bought Prenta. Uh, she's my like a, my. Um, she's been with me for a couple years as a uh, as like a helper and a you know somebody to as for company, and she. Mm. Uh, I bought her an iPad mini and so she's all excited because she's from Montenegro and she can watch Albanian television. So in a larger screen, so she's very happy. Right. Oh my now. Oh, good. And she's teaching me Albanian. So well, I'm going to learn <laughs> a little bit of Albanian. by the time. Oh my, oh my God. <laughs> you guys are living the life. You know, <laughs> you know, all these things are happening. I have no problem isolating. Me too, in a bad way. I wish I had more difficulty isolating. But you don't, right? I, I don't, but it's almost like in regular life, it's almost problematic because I isolate too much. So but this you is can like actually teach a, why don't you teach a class online? On I should. I isolate because yeah. I, people are freaking out and I'm like, I'm waking up in the morning. I know, me too. What am I gonna, 
uh, have for what am I going to make for dinner? And what am I going to watch on TV? And what mm-hmm. am I going to read? And then there's a moment at like 3 p.m. where I'm like, oh my God, I only have a couple hours to have to be at wherever I'm supposed to be at tonight. And then when I realize that I actually don't have to be at anywhere for the next like X amount of years, I'm like, this is absolute heaven on earth. <laughs> <laughs> I'm obviously in hell. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. I totally get that. Yeah. But I get that. Yeah. I teach. Uh, I'm teaching online now. I'm going to do a little Zoom. I'm going to do next week a Zoom voiceover class that uh going to try that out. And I've got like 15 people are going to come and t- learn. And I'm just charging like 20 bucks for it so people can get together and work on their craft. Oh, I should I love take it. one of your, I want to take one of your classes because I'm just starting to do VO stuff and I'm so, my only experience around VO is that um, in my early 20s, I was like an assistant PA at a promo department for Showtime. So mm-hmm. I would have to like monitor VO sessions, but that was the opposite of you. Like they would want me to be like, can we do another read, but a little more like high energy, but I just like, couldn't hear the difference between different reads and I also like didn't care enough and so <laughs> I just kind of sat there and didn't do anything and the VO talent <laughs> it made the talent uncomfortable because they like wanted direction they're like should I they're like should we do it again and I'm like that's probably fine you said the words right and they're like I think I did I'm like okay cool it's like take that I literally um I literally met the new you because I went to do a promo at Showtime and there right. was this really sweet guy who was like I know Pat but we didn't I don't know if we knew each other did we no, I think he did a podcast, but yeah, yeah, he, um, he, podcast. Was, he was sweet. If you're that person who works at my old job, then hi. And also when I was there though, <laughs> when, I was there, when I was there, I literally wasn't out. So I was straight PA. Oh. Isn't that crazy? Isn't that crazy? Wait, Marla, what, did, what advice would you have for people trying to get into VO? Um, come to see me and I'll tell you that, I mean, have a, conf- have a, my advice is first, have a consultation with me and I will tell you the truth. Yeah, that's true. Because I'm so, uh, as, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm so honest. If, if I feel that you can't do it and that's, I can tell, you know, I can tell pretty fast. Yeah. One or two times in my life, and I've been teaching forever. I will say, you know, no. And then they say, well, I want it. I want it so badly. And I say, well, let's try one more time. And, you know, I let them try. But, you know, if I find that they just don't have the, they don't, people don't know how difficult it really is. I mean, maybe Catherine, you know, you come from an acting place and a comedy place, but there are some people who, like work at a bank and that's great. And they're, they're a teller or something. And somebody would say, Oh, your voice is fabulous. And then they come to me and say, people have said my voice is so great. (laughs) And then that's all they know. Yeah. They don't know. They're not even a good, you have to be a good reader. Mm -hmm. You have to really be a fast reader. Catherine, when she started working with me I remember Catherine you would read copies so fast and you were just like you didn't look at it even fast you looked at it that's because I'm rushing through my life because I'm terrified of being bored well (laughs) that's how she was with I kept on saying oh my god slow down just (sighs) can you look at it first before you say it you know can you know I'm out of control and I remember my dad I for my my dad's birthday one year I got him a lesson with Marla because he wanted to learn and he was like this is so hard (laughs) yeah it is tricky 
I um I was gonna say, well, Catherine's made literally eight trillion dollars doing voiceover, so Molly's obviously a good coach. <laughs> uh, well, she, um, she was a great student, and she also I'm then mortified. She also <laughs> then helped me pick out music. Oh, oh yeah, that was so fun for my demos. So I write everybody's demo geared to them, and then I find the. I would find the music, uh, but I'm not as current. And she, she, Catherine, you also have a great ear from for seeing the copy and knowing what the right music would be. Well, thank you. And then I would lay on Marla's bed and ask her about boy advice. Yeah. <laughs> what was the most helpful boy advice Marla ever gave you? Um, mostly, she just tells me to chill the fuck out. Yeah, yeah that's. I, I I think the most advice I've given you is just to stop thinking about yes yeah, stop thinking about it everything is good right now is what i remember thinking about totally everything, everything is good everything is good don't look for anything else yeah in the moment Catherine needs someone to scream in her face every eight minutes that everything is good right now. <laughs> That's so true. <laughs> it's so funny because Marla, before this happened, before the pandemic uh, began, I was really stressed out, as you know, and, and Pat texted me, what you need to do is just sit in your room for three days with no one bothering you and you can only sit there and eat food and watch TV. And I was like, that's exactly what I need. And that's why I believe that Pat and I manifested the pandemic. Oh my God, don't say that. I'm joking, bitch. Uh, but, okay. you know, but no, seriously, seriously, I the first thing I thought of when everything went into lockdown around here, I thought, what, first thing, what is Catherine gonna do? Yeah, all of New what? York. All of New York thought that. What is I, Catherine going to do? And I'm, but because I always said to you to meditate or take a, you know, a, just meditate or kind of like take a yoga class or kind of go inward and read and all that stuff. And, and you just kept on going and going. So, you know, this was, you know, so there are, I guess, there's things you're going to learn from this, aren't you? Ew, I don't want... Oh, you guys, we're going to talk about that more after the break. Forever Dog. This has been a Forever Dog production. Executive produced by Dog. Brett Boehm, Joe Cilio, and Alex Ramsey. For more original Dog. podcasts, please visit foreverdogpodcasts.com and subscribe Dog. to our shows on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Keep up with the latest Forever Dog news by following us on Twitter and Instagram at Forever Dog Team and liking our page on Facebook.